A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Tesla 2, check. On the mic with Mike Goldman. Icicles, popsicles, and test 1, 2. Comedians, radio announcers, voiceover people, podcasters, maybe even a ringmaster. Airline hostie, a checkout chick. Attention Kmart choppers, clean up on aisle 7, a very messy podcast. If they've got a good story to tell, we put them on the mic. Hi, I'm Mike Goldman, welcome to the show. Great to have you along here on the show that celebrates people on the mic. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of this show and help keep it on going, because it's only new and I'm funding it myself and I'm on the bones of my ass, uh, Patreon forward slash on the mic. If you would like to chip in, you can pay a buck or $1,000, whatever you want to pay to help pay the producers, writers, runners, show fluffers, anyone that can help. Um, the first person to become a Patreon gets a free bottle of wine. <laughs> we haven't got any, any Patreons yet. <laughs> I don't even know what a Patreon is. I'm thinking so, that I should have... My podcast, who's up to episode 52, I haven't made a cent. So Patreon is basically this website where if you're doing a podcast where you haven't made a cent and you're entertaining thousands of people, how many people heard your podcast? Uh, nearly 50, 47 or 48. Thousand. Thousands. Yeah. yeah. So just say one of them, everyone gave you a dollar each because they, they were entertaining. Well, that'd be good. Yeah, so <laughs> basically that's what Patreon does sets it up so people like you can actually get paid for doing awesome content so go to patreon forward slash on the mic and maybe we'll set up one for my very special friend so behind the scenes videos photos tickets to shows and more okay thanks to bytes.com and audio boom i would like to introduce a great friend and a legend in the australian entertainment industry comedy writer for some of the biggest names in radio television and now a podcaster on the mic with his party in China podcast on Audio Boom, thanks to the Bytes.com network. It's Party Paslo. Hooray for me! Hooray! Party! Hey, you have applause in your podcast. I don't have any applause. I just, I just, I just did my own applause. That's uh, what I'm. You're I've so just versatile. Added in. Thank you. I am versatile. You, you know, are. You've got to be versatile in this day and age, don't you? You've got to be able to do a voiceover or act or, you know, especially when you're out of work and sometimes you're in work. Yes, that is the thing, isn't it? I mean, I tell people I'm a freelance writer, but it's code for unemployed. <laughs> Everybody, no one's fooled. <laughs> well, well um, so Party, we've got so many exciting things to talk about. It's such an honour to have you on the mic, on the podcast, because you're only uh, podcast number three or four off the rank so far. Oh, well, I'm the one who's honoured, eh? if that's the case. Because we've known each other for what, like, oh, I don't know, 20-something years? Yeah, I'd say that, yeah. Uh, do you remember when you first met me? Well, didn't you used to hang around Triple M when your dad was there? <laughs> so that's 30 years. No, no, no. My, it wasn't my dad. It was uh, you were doing uh, comedy writing for Doug Mulray. Yeah, and, I was on with Mulray. And, yeah. yeah, and Sammy Power and, yeah, yeah. and Rob Duckworth and all those guys. I was doing Midnight to Dawn. And so you got, you'd come oh, in. That's right. You're like really early and, and come in and have a little chat. Yeah, because I wouldn't have written anything for the show. <laughs> so I'd have, and we were on air at six. So I'd come in about 2.30. To be funny, and, I, and I'd I'd uh, have a little. Get now I remember. Yak. Yes, yeah. you were there. You were, yes, was, you were one of those. That's yes, where you met me. 
And over the years, we uh, we worked together on different TV shows, which you yeah. were a presenter on, and also a writer. Writer, usually, uh, sometimes presenter well, or producer. Well, in Big Brother, you were you know, producing yeah. and writing, and on camera, you were on the panel there on that that show with the guy from Don't Forget Your Toothbrush. What was his Tim name? Tim Ferguson. Yes. Hosted the Insiders. The Insiders. And, yeah. And I do remember one episode of The Insiders where you were in a spa with a whole heap of bikini girls and you were wearing uh, (laughs) a mask and snorkel and you came up at the last minute. I, yeah, it was, I argued against the uh, jacuzzi (laughs) incident. As if you did. I did. I did. I didn't didn't make sense. I couldn't work it out. I was a producer, as you say, as well as a writer. And it was the idea of another producer Mm. whose name I forget. All I remember is he would introduce himself as my nemesis because we never agreed on anything. And I hated this jacuzzi idea. It made no sense to me. And then mm. I saw the half-naked uh, swim swimwear uh, models, and I thought, well, maybe it isn't a bad idea. Do at you all. remember who was in the jacuzzi? I know it was yeah. hot, blonde, blue-eyed. Yeah, the blonde one. Yeah, girl. And, and I was, and Tim was, because he was talking. Imogen, Imogen Bailey. That sounds that, familiar. And I remember I popped champagne while I was in the spa with you. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and it went all over her hair and makeup, oh, and she right. lost it at me. <laughs> she was so angry. But see, we did a rehearsal. Uh, of this jacuzzi yes I had a ponytail back then remember I had long hair and yeah. a ponytail that's how long ago it is I was trying to make it funny because I didn't like the bit so I went yeah. underwater and came up between one of the girl's legs I can't recall <laughs> who uh, she was alright about it but I had my back to the uh, underwater I'd lost direction <laughs> mm. and I had my back to the camera and I saw a huge bald spot under the ponytail that I never knew I had oh no so it that was horrifying <laughs> So I went home and shaved my head. Everyone else saw it as well. It was the final episode, so when I went home and shaved my head, there was no continuity problems. Don't you hate that when you realise something on on TV like that? I had the same thing. I was um, hosting Big Brother Friday Night Live, and there was a part at the start where I had to go out onto the stage, and the camera crane, you know, it goes everywhere, all over over everyone's head, over the crowd. It started right at the back of my head at the opening shot. Oh, right, yeah. And I didn't realise I was actually balding at the back. Well, you don't know unless someone tells you. I was looking at the guys on the camera crane, they were pissing themselves, laughing. They were doing extreme close-up on my balding spot. So thanks, guys. (laughs) Thank you. Now, everyone knows. I once, um, again, I think it was that show. It was some show, Channel 10. Mm. And uh, I went for a nervous wee before the, um, before, just before the show started, before oh, I went on to set. You have to do it sometimes. Uh, and yeah, well, you have to get rid of it. You're mm. going to be on air for an hour. Yeah. They didn't turn the mic off. So when I came back out, <laughs> the live audience all gave me a standing ovation. So my flow was good, I think. My flow must have been impressive. Oh, it, how good is the nervous <laughs> wee or nervous poo before you do a show? What? Why, why no. is that? It's like it's like when you have a coffee sometimes. It's coffee this... can muck you up. I know. I don't know what that's about. But yeah. the, the nervous thing is just it's fight or flight. Like if you if you scare a bird, it'll always crap just before it leaves. <laughs> and when you're nervous, you're about to walk onto into a dangerous situation, a fight or flight situation. You automatically want to vacate anything. Also, back in the old days when we mm. were cavemen or whatever, yeah. if you dropped one there. Mm. The, the chances are the bear might stop and smell it <laughs> and, and give you an extra few seconds to get the hell out of there, you know. I don't want to eat that. Maybe that happened in war too, you know, when people are about to go and fight and shit themselves. I'm sure they do. I'm sure. I don't know I would. Why do you think they're all khaki? The uniforms are khaki. <laughs> That's where the saying comes from. Your podcast you mentioned before, we'll talk about that in a minute, Party in China. Mm. It's absolutely Clever name. Clever ab- name. Absolutely brilliant. You can download it, subscribe to it on iTunes. I'm up to uh, the next episode, which is, apparently you've um, you had an experience with a green-haired pole dancer. Oh, Elena. 
Do you want to give us a little sneak preview into that so people can get a taste of your podcast? Actually, I was teaching English over there. That's basically the whole podcast is about my complete failure to understand China and how being there for nearly two years as a village idiot in a city of five million people turned me into a lunatic, really. So mad, I was having hallucinations and things sometimes. And I was in a, in a place called Lian Yunggang. And I saw, and I saw this gorgeous, tall, uh, white woman, yeah, with bright green hair, mm-hmm. and wearing a huge fur coat <laughs> and and thigh level leather boots. And I thought I was hallucinating. I thought, well, that's you know, it's just the next insane thing that's happened to me <laughs> in this series of insane things. What was she? And then I was in a bar yeah. called the Enjoy Bar. Yeah. All these names are very clever. Enjoy bar. Enjoy bar. You enjoy a bar. And so I've got did. to enjoy bar. I did. And I enjoyed Alina because she mm. walked into this bar. Oh. And she turned out to be a Belarusian who had come to China to study pole dancing. Oh. What? Now, I, I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, everybody goes to China to study pole dancing. Didn't you know that? I imagine. You know how well China is, is amazing <laughs> at acrobats. Acrobats. Oh, yeah. Why do I say that? Acrobats. Uh, acrobats. Acrobats. Well, that's, uh, that's where a lot of Cirque du Soleil people come from, China. The, the well, ones I wish that, they'd bloody go back. <laughs> the, the ones that can sit on their head. I can't stand I'd, If Next time I see some French Canadian dangling from the top of a tent, the rope better be around his neck. <laughs> I'm bored with them. Bored. Oh, I'm so over it. What about when you go to Vegas? Like, how many annoying Cirque du Soleil shows are there? I know. They just Give keep, me a break. How, I mean, it's gravity, people. It's, it's not that... I mean, they're very clever. But you see it once you've seen it. What, what happened to the good old circus, the good old days of P.T. Barnum and Bailey yeah. and roll up, roll up and just a few clowns? And yeah, and always the chance the lion might take the guy's head off. You yeah, know? you can't do that anymore. People are too PC, no lions. So what happened with this girl, the Belarusian pole Oh, answer? right, yeah. Her, her Chinese was better than her English. Mm. My Chinese was worse than my Russian. Mm. I don't have any Russian. Uh, so <laughs> we had trouble uh, communicating. So I resorted to the language of dance because obviously she understood. <laughs> this night, she didn't pole dance this night. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't get to see that until mm. later. And that was a whole new life-altering incident. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, so what, what did you, uh, but you this, pole dance for? Did you no, no, no. I, no, dance? but the, the pole dance removed. The, the dance floor was very small and the pole dance was removable pole dance the pole was removable mm. so uh, they shifted it off and we had a dance floor and we mm. got up and put on some music and I, she didn't know how to like waltz or anything mm. like that yeah so i was like teaching her that and you know oh. and the best thing about the old ballroom dancers mm. is you get to hold the woman mm. you know like the, when you stand opposite each other jiggling and you know doing whatever mm. you know even if it's uh, hip-hop or whatever yeah. you, you're not in contact yeah and i like the in contact bit anyway oh. we had a great time mm. and you know she liked that she got a translator to tell me that um, she'd never danced with a man. She only ever danced with a pole. Oh. And I was the first man. Not a Polish man. A pole <laughs> itself. How old was she? Well, I never asked. Not I, young, I, I guess, if she'd never danced with a man before. I'd, I'd say mid to late 20s. Okay. Nice. Well done. And, uh, and she was gorgeous. And so then next time I went to see her, she um, did the pole mm. and came out. And just so confident, you know, mm. like she's in this bar. Mm. Lots and lots of people, mm. and she goes into the ladies, which was her, her uh, change room, and comes out in a skimpiest little black bikini, mm. and the most stunning body, oh. and so many tattoos, it was like she's in the Russian mafia. Mm. I mean, really stunning number of different tattoos. Mm. And my favourite was around her navel, she had a compass rose, north, south, east, mm. west, and things, with the navel in the centre. Mm. And I couldn't, I mean, that was very handy, you know. I think that's a bloody good idea, because once I take my glasses off, I need all the help <laughs> to 
with directions <laughs> that I can find, you know. To figure out which way is up or down. Well, yes, yeah, and probably down. But, uh, so yeah, that was it. I won't go into that. I mean, I'll leave, you leave da- some Did you start podcast. dating her or what happened? Well, no, we, I wouldn't call it dating. Mm-hmm. We, went to, we went out a bit and we had a few drinks and we had some kisses and canoodles and okay. some dances. And, and then she went out with another, Canadi- another teacher, a Canadian named Jim. So I sulked and and uh, and anyway, at the end of it, this is a, I haven't put this in the podcast yet, yeah. but uh, I asked her to marry me, and she said no. Oh, so many stories about your crazy adventures in China teaching English. Why in the world would a comedy writer from Australia, yeah, comedian, host sometimes? Why why would you decide to go and teach English in China? Well, all my life, people had told me that I'd be a good teacher. Hmm. Uh, and I believed them because I thought I probably would. Mm. I had a relationship here with a woman who I loved madly and who ruined my life. I then... So uh, you want to get the hell away. I then wanted to get as far away as possible. <laughs> we were in one of those relationships where you split up, you get back together, you split up, you get back together, you split mm. you know, and it was just, it was never going to end. Mm. So I thought I have to get away as far as I possibly can. So I did an online course of how to teach English as a foreign language, uh-huh. uh, and I got offered two jobs. One was in Czechoslovakia, one was in China. Mm. I love Europe. Mm. Uh, I had never been to Czechoslovakia, but I mean, everything, everything I've heard about it is wonderful. The beer Amazing is wonderful. Beer. Why wouldn't you Women, go there? Why would you go to China? Well, because I have the anecdote gene. What, what the hell is the anecdote gene? The anecdote gene is something uh, inherited, mm. which admittedly has not as yet been discovered by science, mm-hmm. but mm. there are many people, people like me, probably people like you, I suggest, certainly writers, comics, and when faced with a choice, they always choose the thing that's going to end up with a good story. Oh, yeah, that makes complete sense. They wanted it, they would always, they would rather have an anecdote, They'd rather than do something well, <laughs> they would rather that it went awfully wrong and they had a, had a good story. And I'm one of those people. So I went yep. to China because I'd, I'd been to Hong Kong. So I thought I knew something about China. Yeah. I knew nothing, <laughs> nothing about China. <laughs> well, you do now. Yeah, I know far too much. It's, it's funny you mentioned the anecdote, Gene, because I was at a bar on the Gold Coast a couple of weeks ago. And you know, I'm on the lookout for people to interview mm. on this podcast. And I was chatting to these girls at the bar. And there's one loudmouth girl, the name... Well, I actually can't say what her name was because uh, we had to change it for the podcast to Tinder Linda. Okay. Because she's um, on Tinder and she's just going out on all these dates with people. And, and I overheard her say uh, the reason why she chooses a guy to go out on a date with is because of the strangest message that he sends to her. Ah. And, and that's sort of like the anecdote, gene because she's looking for the best story because she's sharing the adventure with her friends every single step of the way as right. she's out on the date. Like the one she was talking about was uh, a guy wrote to her and says... Hi there, you're cute. Would you like to go pick mushrooms tonight? Yes, great. And you'll hear about that in, in our last podcast. But that's it? what I mean. Well, see, she could be a writer. She, she's, exactly. she's She's compiling stories to tell. That's what she is. That's you what know? you do. Like the last couple of years, mm. I've been a Santa Claus in, in shopping malls. You have not. I have. Are you serious? I've, I've been to Bankstown <laughs> Square and, um, and uh, Mar- Marrickville Metro. Marrickville Metro. And give us your best Santa voice. 
Ho ho ho! Hello, children. But I didn't really talk to them like that. I only did that when I wanted to get the when there was no queue and I wanted to attract attention. Oh, because you needed some customers, otherwise they'd, well, yeah, they'd, clock, otherwise they'd clock you off. Otherwise, you're sitting around in a <laughs> shitty suit in the middle of a Christmas, listening to bloody Christmas music over the shopping centre PA. Yeah, yeah. Never ending, and they only have a CD with say 18, 20 songs, and you hear it 19 times a day. And and how do you like kids? Oh, I don't mind children. Parents annoy me. Yeah, okay. I, I, very few children are um, dangerous or really even rude, you know? None of them pooped their pants on you or pulled your beard off or no, well, got it was angry the, at you? It was the other way around. The, uh, this second year, the suit that they gave me was so heavy and so hot. Mm. And I got so hot, I got a sort of like heat stroke. And um, I had a little girl who was on my knee and I'd say, and what do you want for Christmas, little girl? And she went... And I, oh, oh, what, what? And I, eventually, like, I had to bend right down to try and hear her. And uh, when I did that, I started to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) What? You threw up on a little girl and you said, I don't remember eating that. No, that would have been the line. (laughs) No, no, no. Santa clamped his big mouth shut and uh, left the stage. And I don't know what happened with that. Now, the year before was worse. Were you drunk or what? No, no, I had heat heat stroke. I was off work. Santa had heat stroke for days. Santa had to go to the doctor. Santa wasn't well. Throwing up on a little girl. I didn't. I I ran into the cupboard and threw up there. But the year before, and this is my advice to anybody who's going to be a Santa in a mall, get yourself like a bright red towel. It won't look out of place with your Santa suit. And if you suddenly get a uh, nosebleed, as I did. A nosebleed <laughs> and you vomited. This is no, getting worse. No, there were two separate so years. So you bled and vomited on a little girl. I did girl. bleed on a child. And I'd like to apologise to him and his mother, but you don't know. When, when a nosebleed starts... They come out of nowhere. The And I don't have... I'm not a nosebleed person. You no. know, back when I was playing rugby or union or whatever, uh, league or union, but not now. Well, you know, somebody getting a, getting a, a scrum or a, you get punched in the face, your mm. nose is going to bleed. But they mm. don't just... I don't just get them. No, you don't know that they're coming. You no. know, I've got a headache. I must be about to get a nosebleed. Well, I didn't even get a headache. All, no. I, all I got was gushes of blood. Now, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That, you know, that child will probably never recover. But <laughs> I don't know what I can do. What do you want for Christmas, little girl? I just want Santa to not bleed or vomit on me again. <laughs> You've done some strange jobs over the years, hence the Party in China podcast, which people should subscribe to and listen to. It's awesome. Yes, please. If you want to make a donation to help keep it going, patreon.com forward slash party in China. We'll set it up after. I'll show All you right, grand. Uh, but it's there now. Hey, what other weird jobs have you had over the years? I always knew I'd be a writer. I decided to write professionally when I was 30. Yeah. And so I decided to waste my 20s Mm. finding out things that I would need to write. So I'd travel the world, I backpacked around, you know, I worked in bars and things. Does that help you be a better writer because you travelled and you've seen more of the world, spoken to more people? Well, when I was like 18 and 19, I wrote movie scripts. Mm. And I don't have any now, but I'm sure they're fucking horrible I'm sure they were terrible because I didn't know anything I hadn't been anywhere I hadn't done anything 
that all I could possibly do was write what I'd seen in mm. movies, yeah. which by definition has already been done. What do you reckon is the best joke you've ever written? Because you've written for people like Andrew Denton, who's one of the greatest comedian yeah, TV fantastic. presenters in Australia. He's got a brilliant mind. He's been number one radio announcer, number one TV shows. Doug Mulray, who was number one on radio in Australia for I don't know how many years. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Five, eight, I don't know. Andrew actually started a character called Madame Zender, which was horoscopes, mm-hmm. stupid horoscopes. Oh, I remember that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doug voiced it, but Andrew wrote it. Yeah. And then Andrew got busy at the ABC. Uh, and then I became a you know vague sidekick. That's where the <laughs> name Party comes from, because yeah. everybody had a nickname. Yeah. Uh, Andrew was the boy genius from indoor cricket. Party Parslow. Dave Gibson was about 15 different people. Um, uh, Miss Lizzie, Fifi, the, you know, dancing. Everybody had a different uh, identity, mm. and mine was party, mainly because after the first ratings party, when we topped the uh, ratings, mm. um, I went burresque. And again, I was dancing, and uh, mm. I'd recently seen a Gene Kelly movie mm-hmm. where he leapt onto a chair mm. and put his left foot on the back of the chair and his right foot on the seat of the chair, and then he tipped the chair so that it was on two legs, and he was balanced. And, and singing. So I was doing a Frank Sinatra number and I decided I could do that. Mm. So I leaped onto this <laughs> chair, but <laughs> I chose one. You know those chairs, they don't have four legs. They have like a, a metal frame that goes around like a U on its side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's the not leg, a there's the seat chair. and then the, there's two side legs that turn into another thing that goes under the seat at the back yeah at the back so i chose one of those so there were no legs for it to balance on so when i tipped it up it collapsed like a pack of cards (laughs) which i thought was very funny yeah did you hurt yourself no no a break Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, very much so. <laughs> yeah. They had some pretty wild parties in the Triple M days. Like, this was the number one radio station in Australia. Yeah. And the money they'd throw at the ratings parties were huge. Oh, we had massive, massive big parties. As much alcohol and drugs and whatever you could get yeah. your hands on. I'm not I saying was, that you I, did that, but... No, I was very naive about drugs. I've, mm. I've always loved to drink. Mm. Uh, but I, I'm not into, I don't smoke anything, I don't inject anything, I don't stick anything up my nose. I just have blood come out of it. For <laughs> but uh, I was so naive that I was in, I was at one of our parties, mm. Triple M parties, and I was having a, a piss at the urinal. And a man and a woman came into the, into the gents mm. and they disappeared into one of the cubicles. And I was so naive, I thought they were in there to have sex. <laughs> but no, <laughs> it was all about a, a flat surface to spread the cocaine on. Party drugs. Yep. It was um, pretty rampant back then in the day at Triple M. This was the late 80s like, or maybe early 90s, and, and it was absolutely everywhere. Yeah. I, used, I used to see, and it's that long ago, and they're not around anymore, but I see like some announcers would do it while they were on air. Oh, on the turntable? Yeah. Yeah, because we didn't use the turntables anymore. We didn't play vinyl records. So they would use the turntable. They would turn it on, pour the cocaine so it formed a circle, and then the trick was, or, or the challenge was... To, to snort at one complete revolution and take all the cocaine off. But I, as I said, that wasn't my sort of thing. No, mine, mine neither. I mean, I was uh, 21 or something like that when mm. I was there and I, I, got, I got the biggest shock. It was mental, but lots of fun working at, at Triple M in the day. Let's, can we just talk about China again quickly? Yeah. Because how long were you actually there for? I was there 22 months. Yeah. So how did you like the food? Because I had a few problems with the food when I was in China. I went over there with Olivia Newton-John. She was doing a fundraiser. Oh, you went on there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Everyone got sick, basically, from all this horrible food. Like, I remember one... Everybody does. How yeah. long were you there? 
Uh, I was there for about four weeks. Yeah, it's about a month to six weeks. Everybody mm. suddenly craps out everything they've ever eaten in their entire life. Mm. And I thought it was okay until towards the end. And we were at this Mongolian restaurant right on the border of Mongolia up north in China. I thought, finally, we're going to eat some decent food because we're in a restaurant. And they brought out like this weird little bowl of sand and, <laughs> and poured milk on it. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> you know what it is? Oh, I've seen it. I didn't eat it. And, and they go, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, really? We're going to eat this? Yeah. And then they plonked some sort of meat in it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't. It's, it's like a buttermilk mm. uh, porridge thing. Yeah. yeah. And I said, well, what, what, what is this meat? And this Chinese lady's like, yes, meat. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> what, 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 what kind? Is it like moo or something? Is it, is it chicken, lamb? And she's yeah. like, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm so hungry because the food was mm. horrible before then. So I'm going to stuff it. I'm just going to start eating it. Started eating it. And she comes out and she goes, oh, jang, bang, bang. I don't know what she was mm. saying. I go, is it like moo, mad? And she goes, oh, uh, eat all. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Am I eating a fucking donkey? <laughs> You're kidding me. And so the next day I was, I thought it was okay. My stomach was a bit funny and I had to do a cross on sunrise. Huh. Koshi and everyone, mm. you know, talk about how much money we raised and everything like that. I was so excited. National TV, doing mm. a cross from China. One of the coolest things I've ever done. Living Newton John's here. And they crossed to me. And just as they crossed to me, my stomach's just gone. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. The runs are in, yeah. in there. You know, yeah. I mean, you can tell they're ready to go. So uh, I've started talking to Koshi and Mel and, you know, it's all going great here. And stomach's like that. And I'm thinking, I better speed this up. Yeah. So I started answering their questions really fast. How long have you been there for, Mike? Oh, I've been here for a week. <laughs> um, so how much money you raised? Oh, we raised 80 grand. Oh, okay. Can, what else can you tell us? Oh, we're about to get on the bus to get out of here. So thanks, mate. All right. Well, there he goes. That was short but sweet. As he said, um, that was short but sweet. I've actually thought that I could squeeze a bit of a fart out. Oh, no. Because it felt like a that. fart. And I yeah. thought, because it's hurting. I thought that would ease yeah. the pain mm. of whatever was in there, whether it was hard and soft or whatever. And I sharted. Yeah. So on national television, you see my eyes open just a little bit. <laughs> towards the camera and and luckily i had good underpants on so it was cupped quite well so i'm walking back to my room just at this hotel where they were doing the cross and annalise brackensack brackensack you know the gorgeous world's most downloaded Mm. woman it was her last day on this olivia newton john walk and she ran around the corner and she goes mikey i'm leaving today and gave me a big hug oh no and then she's leant back and looked at me and gone oh I'll see you downstairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So she's obviously got, got a waft. Yeah, yeah. I saw her about five years later and I said, remember the time I said goodbye to you in China? <laughs> you hugged me. I, had, I pretty much had a turd in my pants. So well, you've trumped me because when you started talking about this, I was going to tell you about the time I crapped my pants in the classroom of 45 kids. <laughs> did, did you hear about Sunrise the other day? Because you know how the Today Show and Sunrise in Australia, they're like battling each other head to yeah. head for ratings. They even have court cases to yeah. say that, that they're the winners. But you know how they do like that? GMA and Today in the States. Did, yeah. you, did you see what happened with the cash call the other day? No. no. So, so they have this um, thing with the Today Show on Channel 9 where if you answer your phone, I wake up with Today, you win the jackpot, which could be 100 grand. Hmm. And and on Channel 7, they just have the cash cow. And it's a guy in a stupid cow outfit. And they say, let's ring someone. And they just give away the money. So they've rang someone to give away $30,000. And the person's answered the phone, I, I wake, wake up, up with today. today. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and Koshi said, ah, oh, get stuck. <laughs> I wake up with today. <laughs> well, 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 get stuck. <laughs> Well, get <laughs> well, see, maybe, maybe that person has the anecdote gene 
and telling that story was more exciting than getting $30,000. For instance, yeah. when Zsa Zsa Gabor died, uh-huh. she owed me $250. What? Because we went to, we did a series of uh, interviews, in uh, Hollywood interviews and Palm Beach and Vegas and things. Mm. And it was great fun and there was lots of big stars. And like I met Jack Lemmon, who I've always loved, and uh, Leslie Nielsen and um, Phyllis Diller. And it was, you know, it was great for, oh, Phyllis Diller let me loose in her, um, her joke room oh and she's got like filing cabinets of filing jokes. cabinets of like jokes alphabetical order of jokes i've seen that on a tv show and, once before and well it's probably our show and cross-referenced so like her, she all her jokes about fang uh, her husband he, mm. she called him fang so there was a load of jokes under fang mm. and if you went to fang and drunk you would find a joke and then <laughs> if you went to drunk you would find fang and the same joke so cross-referenced wow. A whole room. I, oh, I was great. She's paid an intern to do that. It would have taken him forever. Doug Murray. I was producing and, and you know writing and things, and mm-hmm. Doug did the actual interview. Yeah. So D- Doug and I were um, not getting on. We've been spending too much time in each other's pockets. Mm. And so I said to him, "Look, you wait in the car. I'll go up and uh, get everything sorted. Mm. And that way, when you come in, mm. it'll be um, you know it's more professional for you. You don't mm. have to sit around." while we get the lighting done. Just swan in and swan out like the big star that he is. Yeah. And then I went upstairs and Jack Lemon invited us into his room, his office, to take to do the interview. And uh, I had such a good time just chatting with Jack Lemon. I forgot all about that. I got left him downstairs <laughs> for about half an hour. But I went behind uh, Jack Lemon. We got it, you know, he was in a corner and he had a... Uh, they have, uh, what do they call those? Like an award wall, like, all you know, uh, ego wall. Yeah. They have an wall. ego wall of trophies that you know awards and mm. pictures of them with presidents and things like that yeah, yeah, yeah anyway so that's all right so his was more tasteful than most but one of them uh, he had a couple of golden globes and he had a couple of emmys and he had an oscar mm-hmm. and i wanted the oscar to be behind him because i think that's the most prestigious of them yeah totally so i go over to him and i say now is it all right if i just put movies no i'll do what you like you know so i said great so i go to pick up the oscar now i've watched the Academy Awards every year since I was God knows. Mm. And somebody always says, oh, this is so heavy, you know, when they get their reward. Mm. They always go, oh, it's so heavy. So just as I went to pick it up, I went, ah, it's heavy. And I grabbed it and I gave it a bit of strength to lift it up. It wasn't bloody heavy at all. It shot up in the air, hit the shelf above it, which collapsed, and all these awards slid down (laughs) the shelves and behind him into a heap in the corner. Which, fortunately, he thought was very, very funny. <laughs> oh, that is so lucky. Maybe he had set up so it happens to everyone. It might be a, a standard joke. <laughs> What's next for Party Parslow? Well, I'm thinking about the anecdote, Gene. Yeah. You know, like I think uh, uh, it's a, as far as I'm concerned, it's mm. a real phenomenon. Yeah. And I won't say it like that. Do, do an actual um, documentary series on the anecdote, Gene? Well, interview people who get into situations which they then... You know, the best thing that could possibly come out of it is a great anecdote, a good story, a funny joke, because nothing good otherwise (laughs) is going to result. And I have many, many stories, so I can tell mine, other people can tell theirs. Mm. It'll be more interesting for me, because the thing with party in China is that Mm. I know what happened, I was there. Yeah, cool, man. That's going to be awesome. I hope so. Okay, so I've got this really weird segment I want to try out. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you're someone who's on the mic, like I'm going to interview mostly people who work on the mic, if there could be a rodeo announcer or a a radio announcer. Yeah. 
I didn't have a speech impediment. I said no. rodeo or radio. I no, I, um, liked, I liked that. Yeah. I liked radio, radio. It was good. It's a good idea. Um, so I thought people like that, you know, they're, pro- they're probably good with accents. No. You know, mucking right. around with different accents. What's your favourite accent? I think if I had to do, when I'd just go to one of the Irish accents, I'd, I'd, probably, Irish. I'd probably go to the West. Okay, well, let's go. Because my dad was from Connemara. Well, did you know that it's actually Irish Appreciation Week this week? Is it? I didn't even know that until you just said it. Well, I so, didn't know it until so you just said it, so that, there's a coincidence. That works out just perfect there. Oh, well, there you are. All right, now this is a segment on the mic, which we'd like to do, which is the on-the-mic guest Accent segment, <laughs> where I ask you ten little questions of yourself there now, ah. and, and you have to answer in your Irish accent. Am I answering as myself or as me Irish self? As your, your Irish self. Ah, cool. Or as yourself, whichever you like. Right your answer. Okay. And right I, your answer. And I have to try my best <laughs> to do an Irish <laughs> accent, which I'm fucking up right now. <laughs> so question number one. All right. What's your favourite colour? Your favourite colour is green. Green like the shamrock. Because I'm from the lands of the shamrock. I'm a simple man from the land of the shamrock. Have you ever had a green beer on St. Patty's Day? A green beard? You can have a green beer. No, I, I won't do that. I was in My best St. Patrick's Day was in San Francisco. Oh. And that was a hell of a good time. What's your favourite number? My favourite number? I'd say 177. Great. What's your favourite car? Ah, my favourite car. Well, I had a, I had a falcon. A falcon. How, how would an Irishman say falcon? Where's me falcon? Where's me falcon? Okay, I had a falcon, and it was a 1962 falcon special pursuit. And not only did I always get to say, oh, "I've got a great falcon car," which I found amusing, <laughs> this car was so fucked up. Oh, it's Irish, so it was fucked up uh, that every time you turned right, the windscreen wipers came on, and it didn't have any reverse. So whenever I wanted to park, I had to find a hill. And the final one. <laughs> question five. <laughs> what was your favourite question of all the questions so far? My favourite question was, what number is my favourite number? Because, even though I said it was 177, you never asked me why. Ah, why would that be? I don't know. That was question six. <laughs> but we're only supposed to have five. So no, there are 177 <laughs> questions. Party Parsley, thank you for being on the mic. And if you would like to download his latest episode, you can get it from Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. No, 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 no. Start at the beginning. If you, you won't know what the hell's going on if you come in at episode 51. Oh, yeah, okay. Start at episode one. Numero yes. uno, please. Party in China on iTunes and Audio Boom. You can actually oh, yeah. you can even listen to it on so many different It's everywhere as far areas. as I know. Even tune in radio. Ring me up, I'll read it out to you. <laughs> You're an absolute legend, and it's so good to see you again and talk to you again. And let's hope we work together soon on something yeah, yeah, we'll, that we we'll, get paid for. Yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah. yeah. I'm in. Party Puzzle, you've been listening to On The Mic. Please subscribe. And uh, when you listen to parties or my podcast, can you please give us a review? Because then people will read the review and go, oh, maybe it's not so shit. Might have a listen. (laughs) (laughs) Go to to patreon.com forward slash on the mic if you would like exclusive access to unseen content. When I say unseen, no one has seen it except myself. The other thing that I completely forget to do, I've still got traces of Irish, is the book upon which the podcast is based is out on Kindle. Oh, you got a book? Yeah. I didn't even know. I wrote the book. Oh, I forget I have one. And I wrote the book when... Almost as soon as I got back. So I was still angry and quite insane. So it's nuts. So mm. if you're interested, if you think you like a bit of, bit of this and a bit of that, and there's a lot more in the book than is in the podcast, obviously. So go to uh, Amazon and Kindle and Party in China and I don't know, forward slash dot com. I don't know. 
You can find it. Use your imaginations, it, people. It, it makes sense it's a, it's a book because I remember when you were in China, you were emailing me excerpts of the book. Yeah, I well, I wanted, I wanted people to, to have a read and oh, tell me so that cool. what was funny. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Party Parslow. Great, thank you. Until next time. You've been listening to On The Mic with Mike Goldman. Subscribe, download and review at iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher or your favourite podcasting app. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. 